Hello and welcome to According to John, where today's topic is what is false doctrine. Well, I want to start out right from the beginning that this is not the mark of the beast, okay? I was wearing a hat, mowing under uh, in my orchard an apple tree, and I about knocked myself out. I couldn't see it because of the brim of my hat, keeping the light out for my uh what do you call the those cataract? Like cataract. My yeah. dad called him Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow I get my first cataract off, and I about knocked myself out. So I wanted to wear a hat and cover it, but Johnny said, "Just tell the people right away. Just tell it's them not the happened. mark of the beast." And yeah. so forgive me. <laughs> Let's move on. You feel better now, Johnny? <laughs> so uh, this is so funny. Duke and I have been in a major conversation. Literally, we sat down over an hour ago to start this podcast, and then we got into a conversation that has led us through the whole thing, and uh, and it's just been it's been sweet and humorous and got a supercharge. It's challenging. Yeah. What is our what is our topic here, Pastor John? <laughs> so our topic today, the question: What is false? doctrine. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And today on According to John, we're going to discuss what is false doctrine, because the reality is, guys, there is false doctrine in everything, everywhere. It's really getting pathetic. And I actually have, I actually have one that I'm gonna I did not share with you. It's not in my notes, but I'm gonna discuss it because it's kind of like it's, I'm just dropping it in your lap, right? Mm-hmm. To to see what you'll do with it. It's not a setup because I, I know you, and so it is it's good. But we're gonna talk about what is false doctrine, and then here's the other question that really needs to be thought about. All right, so when you find someone teaching false doctrine. Right now, now it's one thing if they're innocently if they teach something and then it's pointed out and then they turn around and go, "Whoa, hey guys, listen, I I said something wrong or I misspoke or or you know I need to fix it." And I've I've done that plenty of times. That's that's not been a yeah. Problem. We have slips of we say things that we didn't really mean to say it that way. But then there's another thing when you're called out on it, you double down. Oh, now we got a problem. Now it's focused, right. and now right. the real thing comes out. Right, and so the the question that we're going to cover is what is false doctrine. But the reality that you're going to have to come to as we go through this and, and in the future, when you hear someone teaching false doctrine and they stand on it, at what point do you go, I can't listen to them anymore? Yeah. Because I don't know if, if I'm not, I'm not highly educated in the scriptures then I'm not even going to know when they're teaching false doctrine. I can't take that risk. Like that's what I'm talking about. And uh, so, so we're going to talk about some of that and, and it's going to be fantastic, but Hey brother, open us in a word of prayer and then we're going to get started. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we will stand upon your word that will rightly divide your word and, and teach your word rightly. Lord, we know it's a high calling. We know as you promised, there'd be many false teachers as there were many false prophets and you have uh, called us as New Testament pastors, shepherds to guard the flock, to uh, to destroy the wolves and uh, to protect your people. So we pray, Holy Spirit, to guide us today and enlighten what we say, anoint what we say and enlighten those who listen for your glory, for their protection. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
<clears throat> so I'm going to give you a beautiful example right up front. Nah, I'm going to wait. My examples got to wait because I got examples coming. <laughs> you know, this is the, the, the protecting the flock from false doctrine. You know, I, first of all, identify false doctrine. The only way we can identify false doctrine is to know the real doctrine. Real doctrine. Yeah. And then, you know, this is the part of, of the pastoral call that I, I don't like. It's not fun, but I tell you what, it's like when you mess with uh, mama, mama bear, mm -hmm. You mess with her little kid, her 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 cubs. As a pastor, I've saw seen so many, so many of my people get uh, attacked right. by false teachers, and boy, then I then I'm yep. I'm ready to fight. Yeah, you know, yeah, because you got to protect your sheep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and, you know what's funny? You talk about mama bear and and cubs. Mm -hmm. So let's see. It would have been Monday. Monday, I was driving down the road. I had to run up on top of the mountain, and um, uh, out is out in the country. I was taking a trip. Anyway. I was heading up to the mountain and I came around this turn and all of a sudden I had, I had to, I was pulling a truck behind my truck and I had to slow way down because there was a mama bear and her two cubs wow. crossing the road up there in posting kill. I've seen it one time in my whole life. It was so cool. Only yeah. one other time I've seen a bear in the, on the road. I was in Tennessee running the, uh, the dragon, the tail of the dragon on the motorcycle. And I came around this turn going, uh, yeah, definitely probably too fast for the conditions, but right, I came around this turn and there was a bear, right, a black bear right in the middle of the road and I almost took it out and the bear jumped off the cliff. It was the craziest thing, right? At any rate, that's my bear stories. Go ahead, brother. Amen. <laughs> it, it, False doctrine is part of the deal. Uh, Old Testament, uh, it was promised Moses actually gave conditions to find out who false prophets are. If they make a prophecy, it doesn't happen. They're a false prophet, and the, and the consequences with death. death. This is very serious. Yeah, absolutely. This, this Good is, point. This yeah. is Satan versus God, right? This is God trying to build uh, his people up and protect them. This is Satan trying to destroy God's people mm -hmm. and tear them down. Yeah. So that's what's at stake. We're living in a relative world and you know, well, so-and-so is such a nice guy. It doesn't really matter. All roads lead to Rome yeah. and it, it, we get in a world that's, well, that's your truth. And so what pastor John and I are talking about today is probably more controversial sort right. of been popular right but more controversial now in this world of christendom that we're ministering in in this time than maybe ever before well because jesus says here in matthew seven fifteen, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravenous wolves you will know them and this is okay you and i were talking about our discussion i have a verse for you <laughs> johnny always has verses and he stands on them. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't toy around with verses. Uh, and it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. Uh, Matthew 16 says this, you will know them by their fruits. Amen. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every, let's see here, 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. When we look at their doctrine and it's like, 
we know false prophets are coming and we know in the end times it's going to increase more and more, which we see happening all the time, right? So what I want you to do is, or what I want would like to do today, Duke and I, is share what is uh, doctrine or false doctrine. So doctrine is a set of ideas or beliefs that are taught or believed to be true. Okay, that's doctrine. Now, what is biblical doctrine? Because, I mean, there's, there's two sets here. We know that. Yeah, absolutely. Biblical doctrine refers to teachings that align with the revealed word of God, which we know as the Bible. And then false doctrine is any idea that adds to, takes away from, contradicts, or nullifies the doctrine given in God's word. Okay. Like, for example, about Jesus that denies his virgin birth. That's false doctrine. Mm -hmm. Because we see it contradicts the scriptures. If you look in Matthew one eighteen, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary was betrothed to Joseph. That's engaged before they came together, before they had sex. She's a virgin. She was a virgin. She was found with child of the Holy spirit. Now, so to say that the virgin birth is not true. Scripture clearly says that it is true. Now, here's one of the things I'm going to throw out there. And, and, and listen, if you read this version of the Bible, and it's, it's what you read, you have to land on this. Like you have to determine what you want to do because the statement that I'm about to make can become divisive. And Duke, you and I talk about that, right? Like if I get too divisive or point out the obvious too much that, uh, according to John can lose listeners. And I agree with that, but I don't do this, but for one reason, listeners is a secondary. The primary is to honor God. That's my primary, right? Stand on truth. You have to stand on truth. And and if my sing, if my boat sinks because I stood on the truth of the word of God, then so be it. My boat goes down. That being said, there is a, uh, and there's many out there, but I'm just going to pick on one just for a moment. Because remember I, in the beginning, I asked how many times do you find something uh, uh, false before you quit using it or listening. The NLT. Now the NLT is one of the most popular versions out there, man. I think it's right next to, I think it's running neck and neck with the NIV, the nearly inspired version. <clears throat> the NLT in Romans chapter 16, verse one says well uh, what is the nlt johnny a new living translation okay all right and it says in romans 16 1 uh and i'm, I'm going to paraphrase it because i'm i guess i could pull it up here anyway i'll paraphrase it to keep the show going the nlt in romans 16 1 says uh to help phoebe out because i'm paraphrasing to help phoebe out because she is a deacon our sister Phoebe, the deacon, is what it says. But here's a problem with that version of the scriptures. Number one, it calls it a dynamic translation. And if it's a dynamic translation, that's a simple, that, that is a deceiving phrase that simply means paraphrase. Let, let's just be honest. Dynamic translation simply means a paraphrase. Now, in Romans 16, 1, it says uh, to help our Phoebe 
who is a deacon to help her. There's a problem with that because other versions say servant. I've read five other versions and most of them multiple times. And as I say, I've never heard that translation before. Yeah. Well, so it, well but here's, here's the problem. In the NLT, the New Living Translation, right here, I decided to go ahead and look it up because, uh, I, well, I just thought it would really be good to do that. All right, so I'm going to pull up Romans, and you're watching me do this here. Um, Romans 16. All right, in Romans 16, 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria. What is the problem with this? Well, from one who's never read the NLT and has read the Bible 172 times in four or five other versions, I've never seen that before. In the King James and New King James that I'm most familiar with, uh, and the ESV, English Standard Version, which I've read about 20 times, uh, it uses the word deaconess, uh, King James, only once, and but that is not does not appear in the other texts. Right. So coming along as one who loves the Word of God and has read a lot and read a lot of versions, I would see that and say, right, what? what? So and then I would say, well, well, why does it say that? And having read a bunch of the other versions, I would say, well, this one is different. Uh, the question you brought up at the beginning is how many times in a version can you see something that stops you and mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. So where you go, that, I'm not going to read this. Yeah, that's, right. that's the question. Because, because here's, and here's, my, here's why I bring this up. We talk about false doctrine, and I'm not bashing, guys. I'm just pointing out if you're reading the NLT and you're happy with it, keep reading it. The, the podcast is to help us identify false doctrine. And here's, and here's how I know it's false doctrine. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, we're, there's a bigger picture here. You, we have what the main thing is, what did God say? Right. And when you read the different versions, sometimes you can get confused. Mm-hmm. And reading different versions, sometimes it can confuse you. And m- most of the time, it will confirm you. Mm-hmm. This is one who, where it would be confusing. Because the well, others would confirm. Yeah. So here's, and here's why I pointed out. So in Romans 16, 1, it talks about Phoebe right? Our sister Phoebe. And here's the thing. I commend to you, our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. I don't have a problem welcoming her who is worthy of, of, uh, as one who is worthy of God's people. And I don't mind uh, honoring her because she's a servant. But when you give her the title deacon, in the church, that means that you've given her the office. Yeah, and I, I read that verse, and I would pull back and say, I'm not quite sure God really said that. I'm not God. God, why would He call her a deacon, which is masculine, when she's feminine? Well, and, in the King James version, it uses the word deacon. It's not by any specific names, but we're, we're I think we're coming into how false. Yeah, because so here's how to creep in. Well, and here's how we know. That is not accurate. And we know it's not accurate for this reason. In 1 Timothy uh, 3.8, it gives the qualifications of a deacon. And it's not a girl. And I'm reading this from the NLT. 
right? Because I don't, I don't want to, yeah, sure. I, I'm not going to leave it if I'm going to show you false doctrine. And what did we tell you that false doctrine was? If you remember in the notes or earlier, what I just said in my notes, right? Um, false doctrine is any idea that adds to, takes away from, contradicts or nullifies the doctrine given in God's word. Well, Romans 16, one contradicts first Timothy chapter three, eight through, because it says this in the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience before they are appointed as deacons. Let them be closely examined. If they pass the test and let them serve as deacons, if it stopped there, then they wouldn't have contradicted. Yeah, I think the next verse is likewise. The next verse is in, in 11, it says, we know it is likewise, but here it says, in the same way, their, their wives, wives yeah. their wives must be respected and must not slander others. They must exercise self-control, be faithful to do everything they do. It says this, a deacon must be faithful to his wife and he must manage his children and his household well. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. So the qualifications of a deacon, according to 1 Timothy 3, 8 through 12, contradicts Romans 16, 1 in the NLT. If you have that contradiction and that simple one, like where it's like, boom, boom, you can see it right there. At what point do we go, I'm not going to read the NLT because... Uh, they've in uh, what you have is you have man's uh, 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 has injected his own thought process or his own ideology, and that is that's the problem for me with a paraphrase. I don't want a dynamic translation because that's a paraphrase, and I don't want a paraphrase because that's a dynamic translation. I want yeah. What did the I want the real the, translation? What did the Greek New Testament say? Right. And I've read many other versions, and it doesn't say that. So this kind of brings to the forefront the caution that as men of God, I feel compelled to be very cautious. I don't want to play games with the text. Right. I want to find out what did God say in the Greek uh, New Testament or the, the Masoretic uh, Hebrew Old Testament, and I want it, that to be translated into uh, the English language today. Mm -hmm. right. And, and the reason I didn't bring this up to you prior because I wanted to get your, because I knew you didn't know that, mm -hmm. but I wanted to get your real response to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're genuine, like, oh my goodness, I didn't know. That which is divine, you've heard me say this once mm -hmm. or twice. Right. Or a thousand times. It yeah. has no fear of rational <laughs> inquiry. inquiry. Yeah. And so, I, I, as our audience, we want you to know that we're serious about the Word yeah. of God. Absolutely. We're serious. Absolutely about the text. We have no right or authority over the text. Our, our calling is to present the text clearly to our generation and rightly divide the word of God. When you look at that verse and you've been a student of scripture for a while, which we've been, I've, I've read the Bible 172 times and I've not read that version and so I've never seen that before. So immediately the lights flash. And you know what's crazy? That version is rapidly gaining speed. Yeah, I've, I've not read it, and uh, I'm not 
I'm, I'm just learning, but I, I'm, I think it's important. It's really cool that I didn't, wasn't promoted mm-hmm. here because there's systems of Bible study. There's systems of, of hermeneutics, how to approach the scriptures. Right. We approach them in humility. The scriptures are the authority, not what Pastor John or me or anybody else thinks about that. Which the NLT completely violates the laws of hermeneutics. Yeah. So right? I, mean, I guess like, I like that example completely violated it. Well, it tells me like I have many other times, because when I came to faith in Christ in 1972, there was really only the American standard, new American standard. Uh, NIV was not out yet. Mm-hmm. That didn't come out until afterwards. And, and so the King James, it was not the new right, King James. Right. So those same laws that I faced in 1972 are still in right. play today. I will so, say this though, the new American standard is a translation. Uh, it's really fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree yeah. with that. And the, and the, I think pre 2011 or 20 pre 2016, maybe ESV was a good version. The, the newest one is horrific. The yes. new NIV is yeah, not, horrific. Not the old NIV is horrific. <laughs> I've not, yes. there's so many that I've not read, but right. the, as, as a podcast, Bible teacher, I just want you who listen to me to, to share that caution, to share right. that love for the text, to say God is right and man is wrong. And understand that the enemy is try, always going to try to come in to divert. And the question that John uh, proposed earlier, uh, which is, is a great question, how how many examples can you have that is, is true deviancy? Because that, that's a true deviancy from, right. from the text. Right. And the translators of all these other versions would say, that's not what the Bible says. Right. So we're not out to, to make enemies and hurt people. And if, if you have that version, there's a whole ton of great stuff in that version, sure. I'm sure. And, you know, you could come along and say, well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That, that's a, a diversion. That's wrong. And, uh, well, and, and I cautious. tell, yeah. And I tell people all the time because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always asked, which is the best version. Now, when you ask me, which is the best version, I go into explaining, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? because I don't want you to think it's my way or the highway because that's not it. But then I end with this and I'm going to tell you the same thing on this version. Then we're going to move back into, uh, uh false doctrine, uh, the best version is the one that you're going to pick up and read. That's was going to be the answer that I gave. That, that's it, right? Because if if you'll read it, the majority of it is is going to be more stable than unstable. And so, if that's the version you like, and you're going to hang in there and keep reading, then you hang in there and keep reading, and then and you got to work through the process of of all of it because when you see a, such a blatant contradiction to scriptures in the same book beating the Bible, right? The same version you, you genuinely have to set back and go, okay, let me catch my breath and process this. That's all I'm saying to do. I'm not, I'm not telling you to throw it away. I'm not telling you to keep it. I'm telling you, you process it and you go through the, the process that I have to go through that yeah. Duke, you have to go through to land where we land. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's a big point, especially when we were new in faith. Sure. You know, I believe the Bible. And then all of a sudden I found out there's lots of different versions of the Bible. I did not know that. Right. And I start out with the King James version. And so I memorized 
2,000 verses in the King James before I even hardly realized there even were other versions. And to these and to thousand, I just learned what that means. Thou, right. And uh, I don't have any problem with it, right. but a lot of people who maybe are not as good in, in reader as I am or understand English like I do. But the key is we just want to have a, a, an awareness. I want to have a caution and love the text and love right. the word of God and search it. And uh, right. don't just throw out a version because somebody found a verse that's off here or there. Well, you but know, just be aware and just become such a good Bible student that you recognize. You can detect it. That's, that's, that's really right. would be uh, fantastic for me as, as a disciple, helping people to grow, to just be so well-versed in the Bible. Like uh, somebody's hired by the United States government to detect uh, counterfeit money. What do they do? They have them study real money. Right. And anything that doesn't line up with that, they can counterfeit. They, they can just, they can sure. see it right away. And that would be to your ultimate spiritual growth, to know that God is speaking. Satan wants to divert you. He wants to confuse you. He wants to frustrate you. He wants to take you away. I, I want to love the word of God and I want to rightly divide the word of God. And I think you do too. I think that's why you bother listening to right. podcasts like this. So there are many false teachers uh, out there as Jesus warned. All the false teaching only proves Jesus is right, right. and it proves that Satan is real. Yeah. And you're in a battle, but if you have a humble heart and you study the text, you're going to come forth as gold. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes to discern that. You know, somebody that's been in the scriptures for a while, read the, and you run into that verse, wait a minute. She, Phoebe's awesome. This is not an attack on Phoebe. She's a godly woman. But that version right. messed that up. Ab- by a mile. And it, because, it, because, well, here's what it did. All right, even as a mature believer or someone who goes, oh, wait a minute, I understand that, and then you overlook it and you move on, that's no problem. But here's where the problem comes in. If if you get a lost person that finds that, then they go, see, your Bible doesn't even agree with itself. There's Here's your contradiction, right? And we're yeah. like, we're yeah. like, hey, show us a contradiction. And they go, here it is. Yeah. And then you, you yeah, go. it's a contradiction. And then you say, well, well, that, you know, that version messed it up there. And they're like, well, then how do you know any version is true? I mean, it, it raises so many question marks that it's just, it's horrible. And it's horrible that they did that. It's the relentlessness of the spiritual right. enemy to mess up the text. That's all, and that's all I'm saying. And there's so, in America, we should be so thankful because we have the word of right. God. And you can read it and and you can spot these things and, uh, and and not fall into the trap. But you are and we are in a battle. Oh, yeah. And uh, well, here's the thing, too. We we realize that this goes way back. I mean, the first century A.D., right? False doctrine was already starting to infiltrate the church. They do it through scripture. They do it through false teachers. They do like false doctrine was already getting in so much so that a lot of the letters in the new Testament were written to counter that. Exactly. And that was the purpose God wrote them to correct the false teaching that was coming in. So I'm going to go back to my new King James version, because that's what I prefer. Uh, it is a translation, not a dynamic or a paraphrase. Okay. But here's what it says in Galatians one, six through nine. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, Jesus, who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we 
or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed, double cursed. I mean, (laughs) because Paul was like, listen, this is what's going on. Look here in Colossians 2, 20 through 23. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and the doctrines of men. Verse 23 says, These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. And so you have false teachers coming in, giving false doctrine, and Paul had to clear it up. Titus 1, 10 through 11 For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, which are the Jews. I mean, unfortunately. Verse 11, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Love of money, a root of all evil. The religious hucksters are coming, false teachers are coming. But did you notice he, God used a very strong word, accursed. Accursed, twice. This is serious. The enemy is real. The ro- devil is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Now, how Satan devours, in my opinion, is we come along to these arguments, these discrepancies, and it's frustrating it was so frustrating to me as a new believer that Satan just kind of wants you to just throw in the towel, kind of quoting something Pastor John just said earlier. Well, what 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 can I believe? What and they just get so frustrated that they they just quit Jesus, right? And so there's nothing that uh, John and I can do to pr- really totally protect people that uh, from these realities, but just say simple things like keep your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. just keep reading in the text. Just yeah, and, and have, point out things that hopefully when you read it, it triggers, like you've listened to the podcast, and then you go reading or you go listening, and all of a sudden it triggers. And then, then because look, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so you're coming along, your student scripture, and all of a sudden this new version comes out and say, oh, I've heard that pretty good things about you. Read it, and you say, aha, oh, that's, I found something here right. that I think is wrong. That's That would show us, me, that, hey, this is effective right. in our teaching to, to um, move our audience to listen closely, follow closely, right. understand you're in a battle, have discernment. So when that comes up, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but be wise, you be wise as a serpent, well, and harmless and, as a dove. And that's what Paul tells Timothy, to be on guard, Mm-hmm. To be on guard, right? Verse, uh, 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 4. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, knowing nothing that nothing, man. <laughs> that really like that. He's from Ohio. I, I understood what you said, John. <laughs> knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reveling, 
evil suspicions. And then five, if we want to add five in this, right? Five says useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself. And that's why I asked a question at what point, at what point, and, and you and I were discussing earlier uh, what's going on. And I told you they're doing it for money, right? And they've shown themselves to be ungodly. And he's, God says, withdraw yourself. So at what point do we go, wait a minute? And you know, the truth is all these new versions of, of scripture is for money. I mean, let's just be honest. It, yeah. There's big money in Bibles and especially easy. And, and that's the other thing. We're uh, in the attempt to dumb down the scriptures so that the common man can understand it they they change they have to change it enough to sell it as a new version yeah the king james bible is the only version that is not copyrighted you can right. open up your own press print it out and you're good but any of the other versions are copyrighted and i understand that they have the right to to make some money on it for their for their labors but it just makes me kind of cringe when right. people are, we'll do a new translation. Me and Johnny, we'll do it. And we love God. And we love you. We're a nice little translation. We copyright it. And then we wind up making millions of dollars from it. I don't want to make millions right. of dollars from the word of God. I want to take my money, have the word of God printed and distributed in the world at my and, expense. And so what you have is you have people who print these, keep printing new versions for several reasons. Number one, I believe is financial gain. And number two, they're trying to get their belief across rather than the word of God across. And, and that's my opinion, but it seems to always lead to that. And, and as followers of Christ, uh, we truly have no excuse uh, for remaining ignorant. Acts 20, 27 says this, for I have not, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God, that's what Paul says. And so because we have the whole counsel of God, the Bible is complete. We, people are like, oh, I need more of the word of God. You don't read what you have. You don't understand what you have. Why do you need more or you need another version? Listen, get in, dig into the word of God and settle yourselves on the truth of the word of God so that when a false, when, when a false prophet speaks false doctrine, it captures your spiritual attention mm -hmm. and and because honestly paul says uh i declared to you the whole counsel of god so therefore we, we are without excuse in this battle uh, as a young preacher i was in bible college and trying to stop because i want to rightly divide the word of god i don't want to lead people right. astray and i had an old deacon um just lost his name jesse sager came to me. He, he had pastored for years. His health was terrible. He kind of bounced back a little bit. He was a deacon in our church, and I, he took me under his wing. He said, and this helped me. I think it'll help you. He said, Brother Duke, he said, you shouldn't be so troubled by all of this. He said, you should spend some time on your knees each day. Mm. And just ask God to guide you. Right. And give you wisdom in these things. I remember being so frustrated and I had to go through the Calvinism and Arminianism balances and yeah, there's a charismatic lot. There's issues a lot of and, crap, and on man, and on go it goes. Yeah. And I was wading through it all so frustrated. And then Brother Seger said, why don't you pray about it? 
And, uh, you know, I'd say 90% of my frustration went away. I said, Lord, I'm going to read your word and you show me. And I think he did. Yeah. Well, because God will listen, because here's what he tells us, right? We have to study to show ourselves approved unto God, Mm -hmm. right? That's a command. Second Timothy two 15. When we do this, we're less likely to be taken in by smooth talkers and false prophets. Because yeah. when we're doing right. that, we're obedient to the Holy Spirit. Right. And the Holy Spirit is guiding us. He's taking the things that we're reading. He's locking them into our heart. That's the real deal. Then when the, f- the stuff begins to fly, <laughs> I almost said crap, Johnny. Yeah, I said <laughs> You'll it <earlier>. acknowledge <laughs> it. You'll see it for what it is. And that's a sign of your maturity, your growth. You're going from babes to mature Christians, going from the milk to the meat of the word. Second Timothy two fifteen says, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings for they will increase to more ungodliness. That's verse 16. So if you find anyone straying from the word of God, don't go with them. Stop. You, ha- you have to, and you have to be diligent to study the word of God, to know the word of God. Ephesians 4, 14 says this, that when we, when we know the word of God, 4, 14 in Ephesians, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And then verse 15, but speaking the truth and love may grow up in all things unto or into him who is the head Christ. And so that's the value of studying the word of God in second Timothy two fifteen, And then Ephesians four fourteen points out that we're no longer tossed to and fro because people that get confused is because they're not studying. Mm-hmm. Pastor John has brought up scripture after scripture after scripture of warning. This is coming. This was already here before the New Testament was was even completed, but God explained it to them. He explained the false doctrines that were there. He warned us that false doctrines were coming. And so this is part of our, our spiritual disciplines, part of our spiritual growth. And I tell people, if you just if you just read the word, just don't worry about what you don't understand. Right. Just read, 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 read. Read the Gospels. Read them over and over again. Just read the New Testament. You will find that you'll land on clean and clear doctrine. Yeah. You know, the, the whole, the doctrine of Christ. Second uh, John says, uh, I forget what verse, verse 7 or 8, says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Right. So, of course, Satan's going to come on and come along and try to get people off on the doctrine of Christ. And that's what was happening in the first century. Uh, saying, well, he didn't really rise from the dead. Uh, he, you know, and he wasn't really in a body. And you get well, all how about this, this man? wacko stuff coming in. How about this? Um, his name just left me, Jonah. Well, he didn't re- look. There, okay, you can't really believe that a fish swallowed a man. Like that's not. But wait a minute, that's what the Bible says, mm-hmm. right? And it's literal. If you can't take Jonah literal, you can't take the rest of the Bible for face value of what it says either. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying, like. Because some people will go, oh, yeah, I can believe that. I can't believe that. 
Well, if you can't believe that, then you're believing a false doctrine. A lot more study will find you believing what it actually says. Yeah. There are fish there. <laughs> that are really big and yeah. can really do it. And there's air pockets inside. And sometimes when I read Jonah, I'm saying, did he survive in there for three days or did he die and God raised him from the dead? I don't know. But here's what I do know. It was a miracle. Well, and I know he was running away from God's calling. And after that happened, he ran to God's calling. And he also said that that was like hell. And when he was vomited up onto the, onto the beach, if you will, he was immediately obedient to the word of God. It, it trained him to be obedient. Right. But this is the greater picture. Satan wants to take something and make it so incredible to you and then that's where he gets in with this allegorical interpretation mm-hmm. thing. Well, the Bible doesn't really mean what it says or say <laughs> what it means. You have the right to discern. And that's that's where oh Satan goodness. gets in over and over mm-hmm. with false doctrine. And uh, false interpretation where, well, this verse means this to me. Well, it's out of context, so therefore, <laughs> that's not what the verse means. But they do that, right? Because to justify what you just said well, is, is he really, it really doesn't mean that. It means this. Well, what you're doing, man, and you're, it's, it's self-interpretation. Something that I recommend, especially to younger believers, especially young men who feel calling into ministry, is have a giant respect for the ancient. Mm. Uh, the, Wisdom. The old, the old creeds, because God made clear his word to that first generation, and they were discerning these doctrines, the doctrine of the deity of Christ, the Holy Trinity, uh, the virgin birth of Christ. They're just so clearly locked in, in Scripture. You go back to those ancient creeds, the Nicene Creed, and and throughout history, and, uh, oh, what's the confession of faith? and Oh, Luther, the, oh, the 95 Thesis. Yeah, and, and you, you study them out, you see that way the back— The Church Fathers— in the early days, they they were literally giving their lives to standing on on the doctrine of scripture. How about Josephus? He's a historian that, yeah, clearly laid it out unapologetically. And so, I would just recommend people to have a real regard for the ancient, yeah. uh, to go back to those creeds and read them because they were nailing solid Bible doctrine way back in those right. early days. Right. And then you see what we have today uh, where there's diversion away. And the diversion usually comes from what, what John and I were just saying, where there's something that you don't really understand. And then the enemy makes you, you take an obscure scripture and make that your bedrock. Right. Right. Instead of uh, taking the obscure scripture and let the clear scripture interpret that for you. So yeah. this is a, when we start about false doctrine, you get in, it, it bleeds over into her, biblical hermeneutics, mm-hmm. laws of an interpretation. Oh, so this is way a big deeper. Topic. I'm sure this is way deeper than what, when people listen that they would anticipate from the title. Yeah. But here's what I think maybe because we've got a lot more ammunition here than we have time. It's part two. Okay. Part two is coming, but part two, part three, this could be part 10, but here's yeah. what, what that's I, actually real. Here's what I'm saying. Sitting here as John's co-host, I'm saying you're in a battle. I'm in a battle. We love the word of God. We want you to love the word right. of God. We're trying hard to rightly divide the word of God. And we would rather offend man than offend God. And yeah. you run there's into a, There's a lot of truth. Because I tell people in my church when they get upset with me, I go, whoa, I'd rather you leave mad than God leave mad. Yeah. And that's real. And there's a verse that, that 
says pretty much what, what John kind of, it was almost a paraphrase of this verse. Yeah. The verse is, let God be true. And mm, every, every man, man a, a liar. liar. Why? <laughs> that you may be justified in your saying that right. you may overcome when you are judged. We right. will be judged. And I, I want to be, we're going to all be judged. And I want to stand on the word of God and I want to have a wonderful heart and I don't want to hate people. Right. But when somebody's teaching false doctrine, I'm coming after them. You have to, at some point you have to stand, especially as a pastor, you you better stand and know the the real doctrine so that when the wolf comes in, you can identify them quickly and get rid of them. Like, I mean, because if not, they will tear your church apart. Now, these things are fluid. They kind of change with time. For instance, I came to the Capital Region in 1978, started trying to bring people to Jesus. And praise mm -hmm. God, hundreds of people got saved. And it thrills my soul. Now, in those days... Most of my most of the people coming to know Jesus personally were coming out of Roman Catholicism. Right. Immediately, they would be attacked by their family who didn't even really know what the Catholic Church right. taught and weren't really attending the Catholic Church. Well, today. even if they know what the church teaches, they don't know what the Bible says. Uh, that that too. So my people would get attacked. So coming along as a pastor, I would just say, "Here's what the Bi Catholic Church says. This here's what the Bible says." Uh, Bible says there's a place called heaven, a place called hell. Catholics added purgatory. And I give you the date and time when they added it and the conditions that led to that. And so I just equipped my people with what the right. Bible really says. And they overcame. Because, because purgatory is nowhere in the scriptures. Yeah. And they overcame right. when they were judged by their family. And what was really neat, the family kind of rejected them at first and opposed them. I'm a born a Catholic, I die a Catholic. But they started watching them and their lives were changing. Number one, they didn't budge. They stood on the word of God. And then one by one, so many of their, their family members joined them and they came to Christ. I had family members that hated Pastor Duke. They called me a cult leader. But over a year or two or five or 10 years later, they came to Christ well, as well. Here's what's interesting. They say, I was born a Catholic. No, you were born into Catholicism. There's a massive difference, yeah. right? You weren't born a religion. You were raised in a religion and uh, massive, massive difference. But one of the things I want to point out that we're going to end on this one and pick up, uh, we'll pick up in the, in part two, but uh, so we, we understand God's word. We learn God's word. We know doctrine. We understand doctrine and then we can identify false doctrine, but I don't want you to get it confused with the differences between denominational disagreements, mm -hmm. because sometimes we just disagree the way we do things like the way, uh, because the, we call them secondaries, right? Doctrine is primary. And then, uh, denominational disagreements are secondary, such as church policies, mm -hmm. the governmental decisions, the style of worship that you would have, the, the, what, I mean, whatever it is, right? That, dress code. Yeah. The dress code, like that's all secondary. Mm -hmm. What Johnny and I are talking about in this podcast is the doctrine of Christ, mm -hmm. the authority of the word of God, the autonomy of the local church, the priesthood of the believer, right. the right of self-determination and the warning that false teaching is coming. Be ready for it. Call a spade a spade. Stand right. on the word of God. Uh, be kind to people. Right. But when, you know, protect the sheep and kill the wolves. Yeah, that's uh, well said. Because... Guys, when it comes down to it, and again, I want you to understand, I am not attacking your version. I'm pointing out situations that we need to understand is a clear contradiction. Constant growing in discernment, how to find these things. That's it. And so 
you got to decide. You have to land. You have to make up your mind of where you're going to be. But the more you study and learn the word of God, the more you dig in, the more that you rest in God's word and you seek his face, the less opportunity that false doctrine will have to infiltrate your belief system and derail you. Guys, I hope that this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, follow, share with a friend, uh, get this podcast out so that we can grow and continue to learn. Until next time, God bless.